Hi, welcome back to Sam FM, where we're connecting the dots between technology and business impact. Today, we're thrilled to have Christine Kelgan from Bonfire Ventures. She's the manager of client support at Bonfire Interactive. Hi, what's up? Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to be in person. Absolutely. At the support-driven events. And uh, thank you for your time. I know it's been, uh, it's been a long day, but uh, yeah, I was really impressed with your conversation this morning with the group. Um, can you first tell us a little bit about Bonfire? Yeah, so Bonfire is in the B2B space. It's a SaaS company. We work in GovTech. So it's basically in procurement. It's an e-sourcing tool. So bringing in a lot of different uh, municipalities, hospitals, healthcare, K-12, academia, utilities, transportation, like all of it. Sometimes even like private sector or commercial will buy Bonfire and be able to basically streamline the way that they post and RFPs, RFIs, and just streamline the whole process of taking it from paper to digital. That's amazing. And explain your role there. Yeah. So I'm the manager of the client support team there. It's a team of 12, including myself. Got kind of some different levels on the team, but basically right now it's looking at, we're working in Zendesk. We've acquired another company. So basically, how did we fold them into our instance and get the team all ready to go and trained was a big piece recently. How can we just continue to be awesome? We've got like a 15 minute first response time, which is like great. Oh, wow. Is that yeah. substantial first response time or first response? Time? It is an actual first response time. Not just generated, we yeah. got your ticket. It's like actual first response times around 15 minutes. And that's crazy because you guys deal with the actual end users too. So yeah. all of these municipalities, they might have 50 people that are responding. Yeah. Of course, multiple time zones. Yeah. So we support 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. And the nice thing is because a lot of these uh, organizations that use Bonfire, they're not necessarily working weekends or evenings. So it's great for the team. We love that. But yeah, basically the team right now, I'm really focused on looking at how our team is better able to drive insights to product. How are we able to really just continue to scale, but really keep up that really great service that we do offer. Now, do you guys see that as a competitive advantage for you? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely a competitive advantage that sales uses. It's like our amazing support. Whether that's not only, I'm not trying to be like, just support, CSMs, implementation, right. our enablement team, really the CX in general, we really run a tight ship. So that makes sense. I mean, I mean, we work with, um, so we work with Pendo. One of Pendo's big things is like they want to be product with growth, but even then they're like, look, there is no such thing as a perfect product. Yeah. So you need to be able to sell the post sales experience as something that's worth something. Yeah. Otherwise, unless you're selling that perfect product, yeah. you're kind of full. Yeah. And there is no perfect product, yeah. let's be honest. Never. So, no. See, they're right. Yeah, absolutely. So the team's grown a lot since you got started, right? Yeah. When I joined, I joined back November 2020. It was about six people on the support team. And then from you know, now into 2023, I've got 11, including a client forum manager. We launched like a forum community for our organizations to talk to each other. Another really great self-service avenue. So that way they can really rely on each other. Let's be honest, when it comes to procurement, the opinion that holds the highest weight is their peers. So why don't we connect them with their peers and really show the best practices, not just from a CSM or support standpoint, from your neighbor in a municipality. Type. When you joined the company, was was it COVID already? Was it Yeah. That must have been a big challenge for you. Oh, yeah. It's so different joining a company brand new. And I'm such a social person. And I'm like, okay, now I got to get to know everyone on Zoom and it's kind of weird. And 
when I joined Frame, it was a big joke for the longest time. Was I didn't know if anybody had legs. We don't even know how tall anyone is, right? <laughs> we had a guy. We had a guy on our team, so he's gonna see this. Yeah. There's a guy. He looks like Paul Bunyan. He yeah. is like this big beard, like yeah. perfect hair. It's awesome. Yeah. You'll see him on other pies. Robbie's awesome. Yeah. I thought Robbie was six five. Yeah. I mean, Robbie's you know, his average height, like five yeah. nine. When I saw him, I was like. Oh my God, what? This is not true. There's people just give tall people energy. And yeah, yeah but joining during COVID, yeah, it was different too. And I think if I would have been there during, you know, March 2020, I'm sure there was a huge inbound of people needing to take right. their procurement process online because so many places still do paper. And they got caught with their pants down. Uh, let's be honest. Yeah. You are literally forced into the digital age. But government has to usually be forced in that kind yeah. of change. It's not like that they're part of the bleeding edge of most industries. Yeah. So you guys are dealing with a lot of folks that are set in their ways. That yeah, yeah, definitely. It it's a different industry, but it's also really great when you start to really see well, such an impact that your product yeah. makes on truly day to day. And seeing the things that people were procuring during COVID, it's wow, like this product is making this cycle move along so much faster than it would with paper and it needed to. What are some of the KPIs that you look for? So besides the 50 minutes, which is remarkable yeah. in itself, what are really the, what are some other important KPIs yeah. so, that you're trying to improve? First response time for us, I think is so critical because a lot of these RFP, RFIs, there are sometimes time is crunched. It's go time. They need an answer. Well, there's so many business hours that they're even open. Right? Yeah. So it's like, that's a real big focus for us. We focus to NPS plays an important role. We want to make sure the clientele is really happy with the product. And also thinking about like, how can we scale the NPS to the end users of our organizations as well? Are they happy using the product too, right? Right now, we just really focus on our organizations who are paying these bonfire, but we're not focusing on their users. So that's another piece of the puzzle down the road. I think that'll be really interesting to look at. CSAT is a good one to also keep in mind. A little bit arbitrary. You may not be able to solve the problem because of the product limitation. Too much bad about CSAT. Yeah. <laughs> most people have. I will yeah. say that we do ingest them. So most people have like a ninety-six percent CSAT. Yeah. And it's difference between ninety-six and ninety-seven is yeah. not always clear to totally. upper management. So like totally. you had this whole conversation earlier about how to get through to the yeah. senior level. How do you do that when it's like it's not CSAT? Where do you make your case? Yeah. So I think to looking at. The CSAT. So, for example, looking at kind of like your metadata that's even informing the CSAT. So, is it a CSAT that you can tie to the people? So, to the support team, what is the support CSAT? When people are leaving those comments saying, well, the product isn't doing what I wanted, that's not a reflection on support. That's a product CSAT. And so, tell me, how is the collaboration between your group and product? It's been really great. So, that's one thing I feel like we are so lucky at Bonfire that we have such a strong product development relationship. The teams, they really respect each other. One thing that I've really started doing is like, okay, how can we take all the data that we're getting? And not only am I assigning, you know, how many hours or minutes it took for us to solve certain tickets, but putting a dollar sign on it, mm-hmm. giving its product saying, hey, you know, scenarios, for example, are costing us the most amount of money. Yeah. And how are you figuring that out? So it's a standard metric you can actually just build out in Zendesk. It's basically keeping in mind like the salary of an agent and the amount of tickets solved. And it's just like a quick metric and it'll kind of build itself out. Yeah. Yeah. So then I can just assign it and see for organizations, it's actually more expensive for them to have a ticket with us versus their end users. We can solve their tickets much faster. And whereas an organization, usually their tickets are a little more in depth, a little bit more tricky. You you said something great this morning about the sit and desk and I don't want to flub it, but I am. 
It's getting late in the day, but you mentioned Zendesk is a standard. It's like walking to a forest. You don't like forests, right? Do you like natural parks? You like natural parks. Yeah. And I see it, meaning that it can get a little messy and there's a lot of noise. And you like to walk into a place that is manicured a little, yeah. right? Bring cleaning, but it takes a little sweat, right? A little up sleeves. Talk to me about how you tackle that with Zendesk and what was it that you guys had to do? Yeah. So one thing I noticed when it came to Zendesk, uh, when, when I walked into the into Bonfire and I was like, okay, I want to look at the data. I very much like to look at the data. Why you can find out the most fascinating things by looking at a pile of data. The one thing I was like, came in and it was very foresty where all of our automated tickets, we have a lot of automated tickets going out, like a proactive ticket deflection going out. Yeah. Hey, you know, this email balance sending that out was all being lumped into a standard set of data. So it was saying that we were getting 25% of our tickets at 5 a.m. And I'm like, well, I'm not a little hard to believe. <laughs> I'm not thinking that's when people are up writing in about their problems with their yeah. procurement portal. So really what it came down to was to make it more like that kind of you know, national park was learning how to wash the data. By no means was that fun. But I can now look at the data that I have, and I can still look at the holistic view as well, but I can now look at my wash data and actually have a really good idea of what's going on. Wash data. What's on your wish list in the coming year or so? What do you want to accomplish? Great question. I think for us, automate as much as possible. It's going to be really, really big. Implementing the support operations that we went with is also a big one. From that, it's like my scope has gone so big now, I things will fall through the cracks and I can't see them. And that's really frustrating at times because it's like, wow, we could have got ahead of that escalation if I had known or could have, times I was always told. You don't know, you don't know. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, yes. So it's like, okay, support operations and just really having better data available to us is really, really important. Making sure the data is talking to our other tools is also really important so that everyone who needs to be informed can access that data when and when they need it. Yeah. So that's what I say would be the big focuses for this year. And what about the storytelling part internally? How yeah. is your team articulating that story to the executives of what's happening and not only proving your value, yeah. you know, making other statements where maybe you need more resource, yeah. more technology to yeah. do things that you want to do and more effective? Yeah. So I talked about this earlier. I think making a business case is really, really important. Yeah. Knowing what is the problem you're trying to solve really thinking about what are your non-negotiables, but also to tying that to not only like time saves, for example, getting headcount, I find is much harder than getting a new tool, in my opinion. So for us, it's like, okay, we need this new tool and it could potentially save us headcount because it's going to save us this much time. It's going to save us this much money. We're going to have data available. That's also going to start to impact the success team from a churn prevention. So that's a really great tie there. You're basically when you're asking for headcount, you have to then prove that 12 people are maxed out yeah. in every possible yeah. avenue instead of trying to say, I have this fractional problem that's being experienced yeah. across 12 people, yeah. which is much easier to say, I need a source. Yeah. Knowing too that, hey, with this tool providing this data, not only are we going to be able to make sure that like we are continuously improving on our customer service, which is a differentiator for us, but also too, we're then going to be able to provide even better insights into the product, who, which will then inform the product roadmap, which is what the users want to see. Users love being involved in the product roadmap. They love it. They're like, give me on the phone product. So You answer tickets from your customers and users. Yeah. How are you communicate? with your customers as you're taking these on? Is there an automatic collaboration that goes 
them? Do they have access to this? Do you report well, to them? Yes. So basically, the organizations who are buying Bonfire and then bringing in their users, those tickets are separate. But what is important is basically tying information into our CRM so that the success team can know, like, hey, these vendors are sending a lot of tickets. Or if we get specific feedback even about a submission process or maybe the RFP wasn't set up correctly, like we'll send that over to our success team so they can follow up with that organization and be like, hey, we got this feedback from a vendor. And also to having some reports set up, if certain organizations or a success team member comes to me, hey, this organization really wants to know on a monthly basis what are their users writing in about, I can easily set that up and schedule send. Because you would think that they would want to know. Yeah, no, and uh, they still own the customer at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, and that and user experience of the organization is so important. And end of the day at Bonfire, the support team is the only team that supports that end user. So I imagine you're very close. There's a close collaboration with the sales team. Down here and there, I would actually say like not as much. I would say sales is really in with implementation and success. Mm-hmm. I would say support is very much with product and dev. That's fair. Yeah. So I think the first time we interacted on the support driven channel was, I think I saw you interacting as far as like, where does support sit? Does it sit underneath product? Did I imagine that? I think you might've imagined All right, I mean, that. And the reason why I asked that, because if it's their accounts, their, yeah. you know, the salespeople's accounts or the account people are, they, they're going to want to know what's going Yeah. On. So that would be our success team. So our success team does a lot of revenue. So we definitely okay. talk a lot to success. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you definitely meant like traditional. No, 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 that's fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. Fair. So yeah, no, our success team, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely talk to success if, a lot. If you had any advice, and I understand that you're very active in the support-driven community in Slack, what other advice would you have for other support leaders? And what would you want to learn more to make you better? Totally. So advice for support leaders, I think it's really, really important to making sure that you have a network of other support leaders where you can find them to really bounce ideas off of. I think that is so key. I learned so much from others that like I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for learning from others. I don't pretend to know it all. So making sure that you stay humble in your work. And I think also at the same time, continuing to lead with openness and transparency with your team they're going to be a lot more comfortable to come to you and tell you the problems that they're experiencing, which is then going to really help for you to evolve how you do support and how you stand up for your team. When it comes to things that I want to do better, I think there's always improvements I can make when it comes to data, analyzing data, telling a better story with data. I feel like I'm always trying to be better at mm-hmm. is something that, yeah, I think. I mean, you're sitting on a ton of it as a support leader. That's yeah. the thing is like yeah. you have lots of stuff to deal with and yeah. you can do the immediate and you can do the long-term medium. Yeah. That's right. So tell me something about you that maybe a coworker doesn't know. Hobbies, favorite something, passion. Wow. That's a great question. Support driven community. Not know. Oh, that you're putting me on the spot. And I'm just like, the fact, millions of things like running through my head right yeah, now. Hobbies? Any, any hobbies? Oh, hob- yeah, totally. I think for me lately, like I actually really like solo traveling. So maybe not everyone loves that. Solo traveling? Yeah. Well, well, with, you know, we, yeah. With, with Jen over here, that yeah. would get along with you. And yeah. you can share stories together about solo traveling and, and, really and, solo like travel and exploring. I really so like I solo it. traveling. I went to Japan once by myself and it was awesome. I had a great time. Just, just finished just, talking with somebody about their Japan trip. I'm so jealous. Just me, myself, and I. I need friends on the streets. You know? awesome. Some, some random people thought I was lost. Buy me in. No problem. Let's go eat dinner. <laughs> yeah. I think solo traveling and just like reading, cottaging, any sort of Canadian is 
I was going to say, cottaging's a thing in Canada. It's not a thing. Who's your team? Hockey team. Oh, my goodness. What if I told you I don't watch hockey? No, that's illegal in Canada. I'm calling the prime minister up right now. (laughs) They're going to deny my entry when I go to leave on Wednesday. I have one more. Yeah. Yes, I have. In high school, actually, I remember grade 12, we had like a co-ed gym class and it was all activity based. So like every week it was like archery or like rock climbing, canoeing, and curling was one of them. I like how you put on the American accent when you're doing the app. Well, Christine, thank you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed this and we'll see you. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. This has been lovely. I'll come back anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.